Welcome to The Whole Steward, the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. I'm your host, Andrew Stanton, and I'm glad you've joined. What is money? How do you define it? We'll talk about your time value and how you can learn to earn. Then I'll show you how you can create money. Yeah, you heard me right today on The Whole Steward. Thanks for joining episode number three. If you want to get in contact with me, remember thewholesteward.com slash contact or send me an email at letters at thewholesteward.com. Let me ask you, do you care about money? Why do you go to work? Would you go to work if you didn't get paid? Be honest with yourself now. It's a fair question. As Keith Weinhold says, we spend our whole life learning how work works. We spend no time learning how money works. And yet, money is the only reason we go to work. End quote. Let's ask this question. Does God care about economics? Does he care about money? Does he care about wealth management, etc.? Well, I'll tell you the answer is yes. So you might say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger and I don't care about money. I don't have a lot of it, so how could I care? Even a poor man should seek to manage what he has well, should he not? And even if you think you're poor, which if you're listening to this, I would argue that you're not really, or maybe you just say, well, I'm not very rich. Do you earn an income at all? Well, then I would say to you, you care about money. Now, you may say, well, no, Andrew, I like my job. I go to my job every day. It's not about the money. I just enjoy my work. Okay, if that's true, if your boss tomorrow said, hey, I want you to come in every day, but I'm not going to pay you anymore. Would you continue to do it? Or what if you went in tomorrow and he said, hey, I'm going to give you a raise. Would you be happy about that? So be honest. So the reason you do the work, at least that amount of work, is because of the money. Now, is that a bad thing? Well, no. Actually, God says that's a good thing. It's actually commanded in the Bible. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 10-12, Paul writes, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. So this is a command in the Lord Jesus Christ that we earn our own living. Now, what does it mean to earn a living? So this is the whole steward definition. We take time to combine our physical, material, and intellectual abilities within the framework of our spirituality, experience, and culture to create value for others who respond with financial compensation. That financial compensation, what is it made of? Well, it's most often money, and that is a store of value and a medium of exchange. We're talking a lot about the exchange of value, so what makes something valuable? Value is determined by something's scarcity and its utility. So, for example, gold. It's very useful. There's all kinds of things we can use it for, and it's very scarce. There's a limited amount of it, so therefore it is very valuable. But something that's scarce but not very useful, that's not as valuable. And something that is useful but very plentiful, that's not as valuable. And something that is plentiful and not useful, that's not valuable at all. As we exchange value with one another, we could certainly barter the goods and services we have. But the problem with that is we need to find someone who has exactly what we need 
and also wants exactly what we have. And that is a bit difficult. So we use money, which is a very generic store of value and medium of exchange for which we can convert one thing of value into the money and then convert that money into another thing of value. In the old days, we might have used gold or silver coins because they had an underlying intrinsic value, which made them a great store of value and easily divisible so they could be a medium of exchange. In the United States today, we use the U.S. dollar which at one time was backed by gold, but it no longer is after the collapse in the early 1970s of the Brenton Woods gold standard. What then allows the U.S. dollar to hold its value? That is the petrodollar system. The agreement was that all payments for oil must be settled in U.S. dollars, and oil is the number one traded commodity in the world. Any country who wants to buy oil must have U.S. dollars, and that's why they hold U.S. dollars in reserve. It's important for the U.S. dollar that it remain that reserve currency, otherwise you could see it lose its value very quickly, because other than that, there is no intrinsic underlying value to the U.S. dollar. They're just pieces of paper or numbers on the screen. The coins used to be made out of copper or nickel, which would have had a certain amount of intrinsic value, but now the way they're made, even those have very little intrinsic value. The problem with a currency like this is that it's open to macro forces manipulating its value. For example, if the Federal Reserve creates currency or destroys it, that can cause inflation or deflation, as we've been seeing a lot of in 2022 and in recent years, especially since we've come off the gold standard to a certain extent. There are other factors as well. So, caring about money. Of course, some of our time will always be focused on earning money, or at least ensuring that we have our next meal lined up. So if you're a successful investor or businessman, and you really don't work in your business in the day-to-day, -day, every day, you're still concerned about ensuring that your next meal is lined up and on the table. In and of itself, that's a bit of work. And certainly in the past, you put in the work to ensure that that meal was lined up. Before we move on, I want to address the notion that money is the root of all evil. Have you heard that before? Maybe you think the Bible says that, or you might just feel a little guilty talking about money or thinking about it or caring about it because isn't money the root of all evil? Well, let's look at the scripture. But before we do, I want to just be clear that money is meant to just be a store of value and a medium of exchange. The U.S. dollar is certainly going down in value over time, having lost 95% of its value since the founding of the Fed in 1913. This is true for many fiat currencies throughout the world and has been the case for societies even dating back to ancient times. For example, the Roman Empire also inflated their currency away by mixing the precious metal coins with other types of metal to therefore make the coins less valuable. Keep in mind that money is not the only form of capital that you can store value in. In fact, we looked at nine different forms of capital in episode one for which you can store value in. For example, you could store value in living capital like livestock or grain or food or the strength of your body. You could store value in intellectual property or your material possessions. What about relationships? Some people charge a lot of money to have an audience with them. And even spiritual capital. We see an excellent example of this in Philippians chapter 4 where Paul writes to the church and says, starting in verse 14, Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. 
And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied. Having received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So you see here the church sending financial support to Paul for the sake of the gospel. When Paul says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit, the ESV has a footnote there that says, I seek the profit that accrues to your account. Then Paul states, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So this is an indication of the results of their obedience financially to Christ. And that is valuable. So back to the question, is money the root of all evil? Well, that would be like saying, is value the root of all evil? Money cannot do anything right or wrong. All it says is that somebody did work somewhere along the line to create value. Money is just a tool that is used by the one who is managing it or stewarding it. Therefore, the one who is using the money can do good or bad with it. But the money can't do anything in and of itself. So let's look at the scripture where this notion is often born. So we have recorded in scripture for us a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a young pastor named Timothy. Throughout the letter, Paul addressed many aspects of stewardship. And when he gets to chapter 6, he addresses yet another. And that is the relationship economically between masters and slaves. He first gives instructions to the slaves and then turns his attention more generally to desiring and obtaining money. I'm going to read the whole chapter so that you can get the flow of the context. Listen for the part where he talks about the love of money. And then I'll give a few comments on the back end. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 1, Paul writes, Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better, since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. 
For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves through with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, for by professing it some have swerved from the faith. Grace be with you. End quote. I pray that was helpful for you as we address the notion of money being the root of all evil. Paul specifically says, The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Money itself is not the root of evil. It's the love of money. He's addressing here unhealthy cravings for controversy which lead to envy and condemning the notion that godliness might be a means of gain. The key here is that godliness with contentment is great gain. If we have food and clothing with these things, we will be content because we can't take... We didn't bring anything into the world, and we can't take anything out. We have to leave it all here, and it all belongs to God. If you love money, when he says, those who desire to be rich, that is, those who love money. Do you love the things of the world more than God? Do you love what the world has to offer more than what God has to offer? Do you love your life on this earth more than you love life with God in heaven? God is the one who gives life to all things. And as for the rich, he charges them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. The rich are to do good and to be rich in good works and to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves treasure as a good foundation for the future. He does not tell them to not be rich, what he says is to be richer, rich in this present age, and rich in good works, and to be generous and ready to share. So he's talking about the management of your wealth being for the kingdom of God and for his glory. You are a steward and I am a steward for a short time of what God has given us. We can store up treasure as a good foundation for the future by doing a good job in managing what we have here on this earth. 
Remember to be generous and ready to share and to not set your hope on the uncertainty of riches. This is the same teaching Jesus gave when he told the parable in Luke 12 about the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool. This night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So you see, the difference is loving the things in this world and storing up treasure for yourself versus loving God and being rich toward God and storing those things up to serve God better. That is the key. So you see, it is not money that is the problem. It is the one who is using it and how they are managing it, whether for good or for evil. Now, let's get real practical for a moment. In the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki points out that one of the signs that you love money would be the fear of losing it. Now, I certainly had that fear. Getting real personal for a moment... I was afraid of losing money. I was afraid of trying new ventures and investing the money properly because I was afraid of losing it. And Jesus points this out. He says, he talks about the one who buried the single mina because he was afraid. We should be investing it on behalf of our Lord because everything belongs to him anyways. We are whole stewards. And we know that the value that he's given us, no matter what form of capital it's in, should be invested and used for his glory to the best of our ability. He enables us to do this through his spirit, but we need to work at it and not be fearful. Are you afraid of losing money? Are you afraid of trying something that you know you should do, but you're stalling because, well, what if it doesn't work out? Are you afraid of the master and you just keep the money in the bank? and it's earning no interest, it's just losing value there. It's a guaranteed loss. As prices go up, the value of your dollars go down. Think about and pray about overcoming the fear of losing money and stalling at investing it to God's glory. This was a huge milestone for me. So we've seen the definition of money, the definition of earning a living. We got honest with ourselves about our attitude toward money. Do we care about it or not? So coming up next, we'll look at what is your time value? How can you create more value? And I'll show you how you can actually create money. Yeah, maybe you think the Federal Reserve is the only one who can create money, but I'll show you how you can too, next on The Whole Steward. Hey there, it's Andrew. I pour a lot into The Whole Steward, and I'm so humbled you're listening. Did you know I regularly post new articles to our website? I also send the Holistic Approach to Wealth newsletter once a week, to which you can subscribe at thewholesteward.com newsletter. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on the show, would you share it with a friend or leave us a review? I'd really appreciate it. Oh, and thanks for listening. So what is your time value? I mean, your personal time value is basically what your time is worth. 
Now remember, our definition of earning money or earning a living is combining all forms of capital to work them together to create value. So you can very easily determine your time value of your work. It's simply this, your compensation divided by the number of hours worked. Now don't forget to include preparation time and things like that. So for example, Let's say you earn $10 an hour, and that's the value you place on your time. Also, that's the value somebody else places on your time. Don't forget the preparation. So let's say you work eight hours a day, but you have a 30-minute commute, and you have one hour of getting ready in the morning and unready at night. That's a total of 10 hours spent per day. So you worked eight hours, that's $80. So $80 divided by 10, that's $8 an hour. That's the value you place on your time. It's an easy exercise. You can figure it out. What is the value of your time that others see the value you're providing and compensate you for it? And what you believe it to be because you spend your time doing that to earn that money. So you might think, oh wow, it's lower than I thought or I think my time might be more valuable, but I'm stuck. The solution is simple. I can tell you right now, it's learn to create more value. What you do is compensated at the value you provide. If you provide more value, you will earn more. If you think you can't, well, then you definitely won't. If you say, how can I? Then your mind stays on and you're ready to learn. Remember, change it from a statement to a question. From I can't to how can I? And if you say I'm stuck and you don't want to change your mindset or you don't want to learn anything and try anything new to solve the problem, then you're for sure stuck. But that is a choice, and that choice is yours. So how can you learn to create more value? Think about this. You know folks right now today in your life who make more than you. How about learning from them? I didn't realize this, but many of the most successful people in life are willing to share their strategies, tactics, their opinions, their operations, their business models, their vision, mission, and values, the what, why, and how of what they do. I mean, many times free of charge or even with very little cost. You do not need to spend thousands of dollars on expensive seminars to get started and even deep dive. Anything you couldn't want to know is really out there for learning in, say, podcasts, videos, books, etc. It's all there. You just need to have the desire to learn. Now, you need to figure out what it is you want to focus on because there's so much information that you can never learn it all. You could never consume it all, especially never act on it all. So what do you want to know about or what do you need to know about? Have you gotten clear with your vision, mission, and values as we talked about last time? Those will help you decide where to focus your time. Find a niche you can see yourself pursuing and then find people who are experts in that space and start listening to them. Listen to their podcasts, watch their videos, read their books. It sounds really simple, but those who are successful in that space are more than willing to share and spread the wealth. Just remember, there's no free lunches, though. Somebody has to pay for your lunch and you must be willing to put in the work. Learning is work, but it's rewarding when you act upon it. And when you try new things, you will expand your experience and mentors, either physical or through podcasts, for example, or books are available and valuable. So treat them as such. So that is how you can learn to earn and increase your time value. Now, creating money. I told you I would show you how you can create money. 
And the best way I can think to do that is with an example. Now, this example is based on a true story that I was personally involved in. It applies to almost any area, any industry, any field, any area of life of basically dealing with one another, with our fellow human beings. In my example, a contractor was going to construct a new portion on my roof called a gable on the house. He bid the job for an amount that was above what I was able to pay. I didn't have the cash. So he basically gave me an offer to carry back an IOU for a portion of the amount that I owed with certain terms and a payment plan. I accepted that. So for example, he bid the job for $10,000 and then he used lumber, nails, tools, his skill and labor to build something. But he only asked for $1,000 up front and carries back the $9,000 at 0% interest for 24 months. The actual money that changed hands was $1,000, but the value that changed hands was $10,000. The job was worth $10,000. So $1,000 in cash went from me to the contractor and And $10,000 went from the contractor to me. So now the $9,000 shows up as a liability on my balance sheet and an asset on his balance sheet. But the loan was not made by handing me $9,000 in cash. The money was created by our agreement. We formed an agreement to transfer $10,000 in value without actually having the cash change hands immediately. This is all done outside of the Federal Reserve printing money. That cash was not required to be in existence. He created value and gave it to me, trusting that I would return that value and give it back to him. And it was simply denominated in dollars. And those dollars weren't necessarily in existence. We just arbitrarily put them onto our balance sheets. Do you see how you can create money without having to ask the permission of the Federal Reserve? The idea here is to create value. So we'll be diving in much more to business and investing and creating value. But this is just to give us a quick overview and introduction to the topic. So why study these things? I mean, is there any biblical precedent for it at all? Why bother? It seems strange for a Christian to be talking about it so much. I'll take you through a survey of the great fathers of the faith in scripture from the angle of wealth management and stewardship. And you might be surprised at what you find. I know I was. That'll be next week on The Whole Steward. Until then, now that you know more, go out and grow more. All content on The Whole Steward is for informational purposes only and must not be considered personal, professional, tax, or legal advice. Please consult an appropriate professional for individualized advice. Though we do our best to bring you reliable information, we make no guarantee on its accuracy. So you must rely on your own due diligence to draw your own conclusions. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and may not represent that of the host. Please visit our website for complete terms and conditions. Thanks for joining us today for the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. This show is brought to you by thewholesteward.com. 